This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Anything in life can be accomplished. Rabbi Berkowitz, my Rabbi, always would say one of the biggest failures in, in the world is how little people believe in themselves and pull out of themselves. We can do so much. We can do so much. I remember once it was Bainaz, it was Bainaz Manim, right? Most people were running around there to stroll, vacations, whatever. It happened to be that I wanted to get smicha in a certain area and I needed to take certain bechinas and certain tests. So we have a picture. It was like during Benazmanim and I had like svarim all over the place and I had a whole notebook that I had to write like to answer like 150 question tests. Like each, it wasn't like yes or no. We're talking each one was like an essay and then you have to sort of give in a book and then you, you know, if it was good, then you got smicha. And I remember my father came to Eretz Yisrael and he met with Rabbi Berkowitz and, and he said, I mean, my son is like, he's, he's overworking. Like, you know, he didn't take really a full bean as manim. He was whatever. And our Berkowitz, I remember he said, I, I never really saw somebody burn out. It's been, it's been a very, very long time since I saw anybody really, really burn out. You know, on a daily basis, I see people that they don't really get to a millionth of their own potential. Like if you see your son and he's pushing himself, it's a good sign. Don't, don't stop him. And I remember thinking to myself, it's so profound. Like, your family has kaychas. Your husband has kaychas. You have kaychas. You have kaychas. You have the ability to learn an instrument, to develop a skill, to learn QuickBooks, to become an accountant. You can learn law. You can learn medicine. There's so much that you could... We, we stop ourselves at a certain point. We go, well, well, if it's not me, then it's not me. If I can't, I can't. If, it, if I won't, I won't. It's not in my family. We tell ourselves a hundred reasons why we don't have to or why we didn't or why we shouldn't. But if you, if you look into yourself and you say, I have unlimited potential, I'm an neshama, I'm not a body. I'm an unli- I have unlimited potential. I can learn new skill. I can learn psychology. I can learn the depth of like human psyche. I, I could study that and I could learn that. I could read books and I could listen to podcasts and, and I, I could finish masechtas. I could read. There's so much that we can do. But yeah, we go through our lives and we're like, I don't know. It's not me. It's not me. It's not me. It is you. It's just a different version of you. It's a, it's a version where you're encouraging yourself, you're believing in yourself, and when it comes to somebody else, that you're doing the same with them. I know it sounds harsh. It sounds like 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 it's a monumental step to, to, to get in there, but it's not. It's something that successful people do this with themselves, and successful spouses do this with their spouse. You know what I'm saying? Whenever you hear the story where a guy says, like Rabbi Akiva, shaliva shalachem shalahi, what's that story? What is what is Rabbi Akiva saying? He's saying I was a total amaaretz. I was willing to bite Tamid Chachamim. I hated them. I, I didn't know anything. I couldn't read. I couldn't write. I couldn't spell. I couldn't anything. And there was one person who believed in me. One person on the planet who believed in me. That was Rachel, my wife. It wasn't just she was a nice, supportive lady. She sent me a Kylo check. She believed in me. She knew what I had inside of me. And every single day she encouraged me. And when I came back and I said, I, I, I'm not getting it. I can't read. She was like, no, you got it. You could do it. No, but I can't. I don't know what they're saying. No, you could. You're a really smart guy. You can do it. Go back. Try again. You could do it. You could do it. He gave up a hundred times. How many, right? The Gemara said, he gave up. He gave up. He gave up until he finally goes and he sees the water and the water's knocking against the rock. And he says, wow, if the water could penetrate the rock, then the tire could penetrate my brain. He didn't believe in himself, but his wife believed in him so much so that she was willing to forgo everything so he could become somebody. To become the person that Moshe Rabbeinu said, Rabbi Akiva should have been the one that received the Torah. You understand what that means? From the lowest of the low, total Amaretz. He hated Tamid Chachamim to becoming the greatest of the great. 
the Rebbe of Rav Shimon Bayechai. Literally the Rebbe of Rav Shimon Bayechai. Everyone says, Rav Shimon Bayechai. Yeah, you know who his Rebbe was? It was Rebbe Akiva. We don't seem to fathom what that means. Literally the greatest of the great. And it was because his wife believed in him. His wife said, I know you can do this. I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to encourage you. You're not a failure. You're not stupid. You're not an idiot. She threw away her whole fortune, her whole Yerusha. He had nothing. He had no yichas. He had no background. He had nothing going for him. The only thing he had was one thing. A wife who believed in him. That was it. But she really believed in him. She really believed. She saw he had some midas that she saw. There was something to work with. It was like raw clay. And she slowly developed and cultivated and encouraged and believed and, and, and pushed and said, you could do this and I'll give up everything and just keep going. No problem. We're living on straw. They're sleeping on straw. This woman was a princess. She was sleeping on straw. She was like, yeah, just keep going, keep going. This is not an ancient tale. It's not something that happened a million years ago. This happens every day in everyone's home. If you believe in your family, your family will become great. Your family will grow. Your family will develop skills. They'll do things. They'll help you. They will help you. You know what I'm saying? Rabbi Akiva's wife at the end, what did she get? She got Rabbi Akiva. Her husband was Rabbi Akiva. That's what she got. She got the greatest reward possible that she got the greatest husband, the greatest man in the generation. Doing dishes is a lot easier than becoming Rabbi Akiva. You know what I'm saying? Getting up on high for minion is, is a lot easier than becoming Rabbi Akiva. All the things that we struggle with on a daily basis, I think that the Nakuda is somebody who really, really believes and is able to communicate and convey over without the person feeling attacked, crushed, like a failure. I think that that's in a really integral. I said before, I think it's the top three. Maybe I'm reevaluating. Maybe it's like the top two or top one. It, it's so, it's so critical to every single relationship. If you want your family to strive, you have to really believe in them and be, really be able to, to give over to them the fact that you love them and believe in them and, and encourage them. Yeah. Take, take the microphone. Mm. Mm-mm. The bottom is locked. Just to make sure it says, make sure it's, it's on. Yeah. What everyone else learned, but in seminary, they always say, like, don't be your husband's mashkiach. So I like, agree a million percent. <laughs> so what's the difference between pushing and encouraging and being your husband? Isn't that what a mashkiach does? Are you your, ch- uh, 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 just imagine a person who has children, right? A person has a child in, in fifth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, right? Are you your child's mashkiach? No, you're your child's mother, right? So you mean, meaning what they mean when they say that, just so you understand, is that you're not sitting there and going, okay, you get one X, okay, you get two X, okay, three X's, three strikes, you kicked out of the dorm. That's, that's, that's what they mean when they say you shouldn't be the Mashiach. Meaning do not be critical. That's exactly what they mean. And that's a hundred percent true. Your children won't strive because you were critical of them. Your children will strive because you believed in them, because you encouraged them, right? That's what they mean. They mean be their mother or be their husband. Don't be their Mashiach. Don't be the person that's Again, a mashkiach is traditionally not supposed to be beating them down either, right? A mashkiach is supposed to believe in you. But when they say that, that's what they mean. That you actually believe in them. Yeah? Yeah. You want to say something? Yeah? No, no, no. I was going to say, do you want to take the mic? Yeah, say, say it to the mic. So that people... um, can I go back to that other question about asking? Yeah. Um, is it so wrong to be like, why do I have to ask? Don't you see there are dishes? Don't you see there's laundry to be done? Like, don't you see that there's I need help? Like, why do I have to be like, hi, can you help me? I need help. Like, why can't you just be like... Sure, let me just do it. Like, yeah. why does it have to be like asking? Be- I'll, I'll answer your question because it, it's a big mistake. I have to, I need to see how this might have to answer, okay? I need to say I can put the hell in here, okay? Because I want to validate the emotion, but I need to, I need to say this. Don't, don't, don't shock me for saying this, okay? What, what happens is, 
I really need to see how to position my hair. Okay. What happens is, is because you're feeling hurt, I'm not going to say you, because a person is feeling hurt and frustrated and, 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 and unloved per- perhaps, because like, if you love me, you'd know what I need. You'd give me, you'd be proactive as a husband. So like, do I really have to tell you? Right. That's the, do I really have to tell you? You don't see I'm drowning here. Right. And I, I validate that emotion. But if you're, if, and, and I, I could replicate this over a thousand couples that I sat with, maybe 10,000. If what you're trying to get out of your spouse is change, then if you're, if you're riding on the coattails of that emotion, he will feel criticized. He will feel like a failure and he will be very not motivated to help. He's going to be like, Oh, I really messed up bad. I don't want you to be upset. I guess I'm going back to work. That's where his brain's going to go. Unless the guy is like Mama Shagavra and he's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But if that was his emotion, then you would never have gotten to that point. You hear? So if you want to get something out of your spouse, I know it's the hardest thing in the world. Put, put that emotion on the side. Say, yes, I am feeling this. But what's the greatest way for that emotion to resolve itself? It's not going to be me saying, do I really need to tell this to you? That's not going to get you what you, what, what you need. What's going to, what's going to get you what you need? That he actually starts to give it to you. How does he start giving it to you? You say, Hey, honey, how are you? You had a good nap for the last 14 years? Yeah. Okay. Right. You know, you know, it'd be amazing. Could we do this together? Yeah. It'd be great. Right. Oh, yeah. Sure. Like every single man I've ever spoken to. Okay. But, but more often than not, if a person's able to communicate in a way, okay, when is it good for you? You start teaching him the art of giving to you without you getting emotional, without you saying to him, like, come on, this is ridiculous. The minute you trans, trans, like, I don't know what the word is. Like, the minute you go into that territory where he feels like a failure and attacked, think of those two words, failure and attacked. You're probably not going to get any real lasting change. He might be like, okay, fine. I see you're all upset. Okay, fine. I'll do it for you now. You, that's not going to last. That's not going to last. You want real change? is where you teach him to change. You literally put the violin in his hand, you put the bow in his hand, and you say, let me show you. This is how it's going to go. Is now a good time? You have five minutes for me now? Yeah, it seems like it's a good time. Great. Can we do this together? Amazing. Wow. Thank you so much. This was such a huge help. Even though he only did 1% of 1% of what you really need. You hear? I, I'm validating the express. I know, I know it and I feel it and I feel, I feel it. I, I, I see this with so many couples where they're like, are you serious? Like, do you know what I'm dealing with? Do you know how hard it is for me? I, I recognize that it's very, very challenging because you want, you just want it. Like, come on. I have to spell it out to you. Well, your child, you don't understand. And sometimes the answer is yes, they don't understand. And sometimes the answer is they do understand. But they're thinking, you know what they're thinking? See, as as complicated or as sophisticated as women's minds are, men's minds are also. What goes through a man's mind is, so if I give you now, it's not going to really be worth much to you anyways, right? Because you yelled and screamed at me to get us. So like, yay, okay, so I, I, so I did whatever you asked me to do. So this is not how I work. I hear this from men all the time. Like, I don't work this way. Like, but, but I understand if it's before the calm before the storm, you can usually convey. No, 
or no, 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 or they, or they, they, they don't notice, or they, they take their eye off the ball, and then all of a sudden they get attacked, and they're like, really? Now I'm not feeling very helpful, right? Right now I'm feeling very under attack. So even if I were to put my own emotions aside and go help you, it's probably not going to be worth much to you, and I'm going to feel very resentful also. It's it's a bad answer. It's a bad situation. I understand that. I'm not making light of it. I know it's a bad situation. I'm saying is the weight. Right, 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 right. But if 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 the, if it's conveyed to the person, hey, you're not normal, or the situation is not normal, right? The person hears attack and failure. That's what they're going to hear: attack and failure, and they're like. They're not here. They're not. They're like, I'm good. I'm fine. They're there. They're fine. They're not noticing it for whatever reason. For, for what? Yeah. Or they're right. Exactly. They're turning to their wife and they're saying, you're such a great wife. You're going to clean it up when it needs to be cleaned up. Cause you're so amazing. That's what you're going to do. And meanwhile, you're more and more and more resentful thinking, Oh, another thing I have to clean up. Okay. So there's, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, okay, well, the, the, let's, let's say like this. Let me, let me just go like this. I, I, I don't think it's specific necessarily to men and to women. And I think every situation is unique as well. But the idea of a person changing their spouse. Well, hear me out for a second. The idea of a person changing their spouse. Oh, go back. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I'm an, I'm an, let me just, let me just give, let me just be mocked like this. Okay. Let me say it like this. The idea of a person getting married to change their spouse is a terrible plan. Okay. Let me just say it like that. That's a terrible plan. It, it never works. Okay. Whether it's somebody who's smoking or somebody who's angry, if you're getting married to change that person, terrible plan. But within the context of our own relationships, we oftentimes find that there are things that you would like to change. You would like the person to be a little different, a little bit more attentive, a little bit more helpful, whatever the case may be. And people scratch their heads. I, I literally see this every day and they're like, I don't understand. Why do I have to tell you to spend time with me? Why do I have to tell you to clean up your mess that you left in the kitchen that you're sitting on the pretzels? Forget the kids sitting on it. It's your own pretzels, right? Like, oh, it doesn't make sense in my mind. I can't compute A plus B equals you're a smart person, right? You're a PhD and you're, what's going on here? Why can't you figure out that pretzels that you're crunched, crunched, like sitting on your suit don't go there. It goes in the garbage. We, our brains, so we get very resentful and angry and we're like, you need to change. And in a certain sense, I will agree that you're right, right? You want to bring, let's call it an awareness to the person. Hey, you can't be so aloof. You have to be dialed into what the family needs, what I need, emotions, functional, right? You're sitting on pretzels in a thousand dollar suit. Doesn't make sense. Look before you sit down on a chair. And if you feel crunching, right? And it's not your keys, then stand up and sweep it up and put it in the garbage, right? It's like olive base. But the reason why... And in those areas, I want to say, and I, I've mentioned this in the past, there is a place to say something to your spouse. There is. This idea of just like living in your own bubble and just saying, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to be a martyr. We spoke about this one week. I think is a terrible plan for marriage. 
You can't say something to your to your husband, to your wife. You can't say something. Can't say something. You can't say like you know something. But the question is how you're saying it and what you're saying. So meaning, if your husband comes home and that's the situation, so first of all, appreciate who he is and and the fact that you love him and you care for him. And the guy's an amazing, awesome guy that you you willingly, nobody forced you, walk down the aisle. No gun was held in your back, right? Nobody, hopefully, right? Nobody was forcing you there. So you made this choice and you at one point liked this person, at least. You want to say you didn't love them with all your heart, fine. But you 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 did have an affinity towards this person, okay? I think we could uh, classify it like that. And now when you want to say something, so fine. So now calm down and now say like, oh, you know, it'd be really helpful. Do you mind just cleaning up the chair over there? The kids were so messy before. And it will get done. Nine out of 10 times, it will get done. Eight out of 10 times, it will get done. Seven out of 10 times, not zero out of 10 times. But when the person goes like, are you serious? You're sitting on the pretzels again? My gosh, like you have eyes in your head. It's ridiculous. You just come home and just sit on the pretzels, right? You know what the person is thinking? My gosh, why did I come home? I I should be anywhere other than here sitting on pretzels, right? And even if they stand up and go, okay, let me clean off the pretzels. They're, they're like, what foot are you on? You're on the wrong foot right now. I once, I once spoke. One second, let me just say this. I once spoke somewhere and I was talking about this idea of being able to talk to your, of course you could talk to your husband and your wife. You can't talk to them. What is this idea? Like unconditional acceptance of everything who they are. Great people want criticism, but, but in, in a smart way, in a loving way, in a caring way, right? Rabbi Akiva became, let's use him. He became Rabbi Akiva because his wife said to him, who you are is not good and what you could become is better. But she didn't say it like that. She said it in a very, very smart way. And he loved her and he cared for her. And when he went off to learn in yeshiva, where he knew nothing, he said, you know what I'm going to be thinking of the whole day? You. And in my mind, I'm going to buy you, I'm going to save up enough money. He was penniless to buy you an ear of like a golden crown. Every day I'm going to think about you and the fact that every this change that I'm going through is all because of you and I'm going to buy you an ear shells up. That's what he tells his wife, right? And his wife thinks about him every single day. So when he shows up after 12 years and he knocks on the door, she doesn't need him to come home. I'm thinking about you. You're thinking about me. That's great. I believe in you. You believe in me. Wonderful. We're on this mission. We're accomplishing. We're changing the world. That was that was a relationship that was like unbelievably demonstrative of this idea of a wife who believed in a husband and a husband who accepted the criticism because it wasn't criticism. He changed because he didn't feel that his wife was trying to change him. It wasn't good enough. She was accepting of who you were and now you have to take one step in the right direction. I don't need you to go to base measures. I need you to go to kindergarten. And then I need you to go back to kindergarten and back to kindergarten, back to kindergarten until you're ready for pre-1A. And then from pre-1A, you're going to go to first grade. And then again, and again, and again, till second grade. And that was what brought about his own personal change. It wasn't our, our emotions, which are very legitimate. I'm not invalidating them, but our own emotions, they come in and they're like, come on, don't ask me to be this superwoman who's so believing that my husband really loves me and cares for me and is going to change. It's much easier for me to take the short path, the path of frustration. And the path of frustration looks like, are you serious? You're sitting on pretzels? And that, that's the, like therapists would always say, that is valid. If that's a person's emotional state, then that's valid. That's valid. Fine. I accept that. But I can almost guarantee you that you will repeat that a thousand more times. Whereas if you start connecting in his brain, 
that like, hey, I'm asking you to play violin and you've never played violin. Let me show you how it's done. Put it in your hand. Put your fingers here. This is what you do. The guy will slowly connect in his brain. Oh my gosh, there's a new skill. I never had this before. Oh, I'm sorry. It's not, I didn't sit on the pretzels because I don't love you. I don't care for you. I just had a very long day. What? Just everybody on Zoom could hear. You're thinking, obviously he doesn't love me. He doesn't care about me. He wants his house to be a mess. He wants me to be a cleaning lady. So why should I be like, oh, I love him so much. I remember all the good times. Question. Does he think that? No, but I do. Okay. So that, but that's, that's where there's a big disconnect. But obviously he does because he, he sat doesn't. on the pretzels. I have news for you. That man is not as sophisticated as you think he is. <laughs> he is not thinking any of that. You know what he's thinking? He's, he's thinking absolutely nothing. He has this big black screen in his brain and he's thinking, wow, it's such a long day. I hope, I hope nobody's going to bother me right now. And you know what he hears? Are you serious? Sitting on pretzels? He's like, pretzels? Oh, I didn't know what I was sitting on. And you suit? You just came home? What's going on? He's like, huh? What's going on over here? I don't know. This dialogue that's happening is not going on in my brain. It's not, it's not about, it's, I, it's not about being Neanderthal. I think that people are very busy with a lot of things in their life and therefore they oftentimes fail to check in. But being checked out doesn't mean that they're malicious. They don't hate you. They're, they're not expecting you to clean it up or pick it up. That's not what's going through their brain. You know what's going through their brain? Nothing. They don't have all these thoughts. So if you want your husband to come home and start cleaning up the house, which some men, they do that intuitively. So those women who have those husbands that are like super functional, super dad guys that are like doing the, you know, the, the bath time and then diaper and all that stuff. So those women, very good. They're lucky in that area. If that's not a person's husband, then that person would be very wise to say, oh, you know, it'd be amazing. Can you just lay with this kid or can you just do homework with this kid? You know, be very helpful. Can you just clean off the table and then I'll meet you you channel your spouse. You channel them. You bring them where you want them to be. It's it's a skill. I'm telling you it's a skill. I sit with couples that are doing this for 30 or 40 years. 30 or 40 years of doing the same thing over. And I'm like, you don't realize this is not getting you what you want. You keep doing it. You're just, you're frustrated. And you're right. But all that narrative is not 100% accurate. So your emotion is guiding the conversation. Your spouse just feels attacked. They're still not doing anything for you because they feel like a failure. Attack and failure equals zero. So where are you going? You're doing the same thing over and over and over. I once spoke, this is what I started saying before, I just once spoke somewhere and there was like, let's say a hundred women there and, and everybody was like nodding along, nodding along. And then the one, that, one woman in the back of the room was shaking her head like this. I could tell she was not a happy camper. And then as I was leaving the room, so she ran after me to say, but you don't know my husband. Fine. I don't know your husband. You're right. I don't know your husband. I don't know your husband. I don't know anybody's husband. But I can tell you that most people, and again, this goes for husbands and for wives, when your needs are not being met, what's really guiding your conversation is not your seichel, it's your emotion. And your emotion is telling you stories. It has a whole megillah of stories. It writes a whole narrative, which may or may not be 100% accurate. The accurate part is that you feel this way. But the reality is that your spouse usually not malicious. They don't want you to be the cleaning lady. They don't want you to be, you know, the one who, they just, they're just, they had a long day or they're not in tune or whatever it is. I guarantee you, if you start channeling them to help you in a way where they feel loved and cherished and cared for and that you're building something, most people will respond positively. Most people. Yeah. Don't chaff me, but okay. Most people. I know it's very late. Is there one more, one more thing on? Should we do one? We'll do one more question. 
How do you help encourage a spouse who is afraid to try hard since he's worried he might fail? Since he's worried he might fail? Same, same, okay, I, I don't, I don't want to be misquoted, so I want to say this. I know we're being recorded, so I want to say this very clearly. The same way you would encourage a child, okay? Doesn't mean your spouse is a child, okay? Don't mishear what I'm saying. The same way you would encourage a child who has a risk of failure, probable failure at the initial stage of whatever it is that they're doing, take that same empathetic empathetic look at your spouse and say, let me help build you by actually building you, by encouraging you. And when you do something wrong, I will encourage It could be starting a new business. Let's, 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 um, let's diverge from our previous conversation. I mean, nothing to do with pretzels. Okay. Stop. A person wants to, a person wants to start a business. A person wants to learn a skill, whatever the case may be. Right. If a person goes ahead and encourages their spouse, even when they fail at something, that is going to be a person who's going to have a successful spouse. So what, what do you do if your husband has a hard time with that because he's afraid of failure? Encourage him. No, you could do it. I believe in you. Obviously, where it's not a false sense of encouragement and belief. If, you're, if your spouse can't add two plus two and you say to him, by the way, I think you should be an actuary, then you're not a very supportive wife. You're a very clueless wife, right? If your husband, is that, if that's not him, so then you're not doing him a favor. I, the same way you wouldn't take your, fi- your five-year-old or your fifth grader or your 25-year-old child and encourage them to do something which is not them if they're not good at it. There you have to say to them, Shefala, this is just not for you. You're very sweet. You have other mailers, just not this one. Okay. You'd have very honest talk with the person, loving and caring, but I'm helping you. I'm helping you. I'm helping you not get into something which is bad for you or wrong for you. So the same thing over here. But if your spouse has that fear of failure, but you really do believe in them, show them why you believe in them. Look at anybody who is successful. Almost always they had somebody, it doesn't have to be their spouse, but when it is, it's a beautiful thing who believed in them, who encouraged them, who said, I will be there for you. I will pay for your tuition. I will support you. I will drive you to college. I will drive you to yeshiva. I will pick you up. I will pack you lunches. I will do something to show you that I believe in the cause that you're living your life for. Every single person had that. Every person. It could have been a Rebbe, a Mashkiach, a father, a friend. Almost every person has it in their life. Be that person. Be that person, be that Basia, the Basia who, who said, I have a child here. Let me raise him to become a king. He was, at that point, he was a failure, right? He was just a child. He couldn't put a crown on his head. He couldn't speak. He couldn't be articulate. He had no skills, my Shrebino, at that point. He was a little baby, but she saw that there was a future. There was a potential. So she could have looked at him and say, no, not like that. Uh, that's not how you do it. Come on. Or she could have said, I'm developing you. I'm cultivating you. I'm transforming you. If, if you're looking at your relationships like that, you're not going to be so angry. You're not going to be so bitter. You're not going to be so down. You're, the spouse will hear you. They'll listen to you because you're, you're conveying love. You're, convey, you're conveying transformation. You're not just conveying your own emotion. I know it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to put those emotions on the side because our emotions are telling us a totally different story. The story is a story of resentment, of anger, of apathy, so we're like, well, what do you want from me? Fine. Very understandable. But if you actually want these emotions to stop telling you these stories, meaning you want your spouse to start meeting your emotional needs, there's only one way to do it. That you communicate your need with love and care and emotion. And it comes across that I want to help transform you. I want to help you develop into the best husband that you can become. 
the best father that you can become. And you could change your spouse, but it has to be done smart. The wife turns to her husband and says, you never spend time with the kids. This is ridiculous. The kid's failing in school and it's all your fault. What do you think the husband thinks? You're not trying to, you're not trying to change me, help me develop. You're not helping me change. That's, that's the Nakuda. You're not helping me change. You're trying to change me. If you want to help me change, you'll say, oh, you know, it'd be amazing. I think if you went to Abba Subhanahu with him, or how about if you do that and then I'll pick you up and we'll go for pizza. You channel, you drive your family in a certain direction. You sharpen the knife, you hone the skill. Not that you say like, this is ridiculous. Well, you don't hop. Every father goes to Abba Subhanahu. You don't know what you're doing. Just sitting at home, playing a game on your phone. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah, that's how you were raised. That, that husband feels like a failure. He's like, oh my gosh, I'm really a terrible, I'm a terrible husband, terrible father. And who do I have to face for the rest of the night? This person. He's, he's gone. He's checked out. If the person feels attack and failure, you will almost never get change. You want to get change. The person has to feel love, transformation. I'm here to help you. Not like, Shafila, you're clueless. I'm here to help. Like in a really sincere way where they actually feel it. That's when a person will see the change. I literally see this. I wanted to say, this is not theory. I see this every single day with couples. Literally transforming, like, brink of divorce to things that are no longer, you know, toxic. No more screaming, no more yelling, because they learn to talk like adults. They're no longer having childish conversations where everyone's screaming and yelling at each other. Yes, those emotions are real, but if you want to actually change your spouse, which is good, it's a good thing, Rabbi Akiva's wife changed him. We could say that, right? She changed him, but she didn't try to change him. She didn't make him feel like a, like, like a loser, like somebody who was down in the dumps. She said, I believe in you. That's change. Like a coach who believes in, 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 in a college player to bring him to the major leagues. I believe in you. Let me help you transform. Let me help you change. Big difference. You hear the difference? Okay. Very good. You're bringing out potential. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But again, that potential could be that he's sweeping the floor, right? We just don't like to think like, wow, my husband's Rabbi Akiva because he swept the floor. But, but yes, you're, you're bringing something out that, that's there. But I think that the key is that the person knows that you're actually looking out for their best interest and not that it's coming from anger or resentment. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm happy people have questions. We'll, we'll tackle more questions next time. We're going to be meeting again. I don't know. We'll send out on the WhatsApp group. After Pesach. Everybody have a Chag Kasher Vesameach wherever you are. Thank you so much. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.